Last episode, we talked about how to find the animals and see where they are. This episode, we're going to talk about getting close. We're going to talk about stalking. This is the Beyond Hunter Ed podcast, where the focus is on all the questions you wish were answered in the classroom and quite a few more. So whether you're an accomplished lifer or a complete newbie, and you're looking to discuss all topics hunting in an entertaining and unfiltered way, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Eric Jaitner. All right, guys. So here I am recording this. It's actually Wednesday night. I'm getting ready to head out. Like I talked about last episode, my first rifle hunt of the season is about to kick off. So tomorrow morning, I'll be headed out and I'll be out there for the weekend. I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of excited. It's going to be my first rifle hunt here in California. Everything I've done before this in California over the last, well, decade, decade and a half that I've lived here has been with the bow. Never even tried the rifle. I've had rifle tags. I've just done it with the bow in archery-only areas. This time, I'm kind of stepping out, you know, going beyond my horizons a little bit here gonna try some areas that are rifle zones uh different parts of the national forest here it's still all gonna be on public land but hey it's something new something to give a try so we'll see how it goes this tag is antler point restriction can't shoot anything smaller than a fork so that might make it more difficult i talked about it in the last episode we don't have a lot of deer in the area but i did a little bit of scouting in this area over the course of the summer i did see a before by four bust out that was a good sign of course that was five months ago so who knows somebody may have already found him the rifle season's been going on for a couple weeks here so it's my first time out with it but we'll see if he went down odds are there's a reason he was holding in that area and something else will come in to take his place so i'm not going to be too picky on this hunt anything with a fork or better i'm taking the shot if it's a good clean shot we only have about seven deer per square mile as i mentioned earlier this zone is not one of the high zones so this might be even closer to four or five deer per square mile but like i said i've got great glassing locations figured out i'm really excited this is going to be a fun hunt and i mean let's be honest anytime you're out in the woods it's going to be a fun hunt so we talked briefly about what my plan is it's definitely going to be a spot and stock hunt definitely planning on using the open terrain and high vantage points to my benefit and I'm going to use the glass and really step out and see if I can't find something with antlers on it. I'm going to be just staying up there, taking, for those of you who have seen it, the uh, the little camper I have. It's really fun. This is my first year getting to use it. Not going to lie. Love that little thing. Um, it's everything you need from a hunting perspective. It's a lightweight 5x8 trailer with a little kitchen in the back and a queen mattress in the front so well there's the shelf too and then there's a, a plug-in so you can actually take you know your big camper battery and then i have an inverter 
and so I can charge up all my gear, everything like that. When I say gear, I really mean my computer, my phone, um, those types of things. Don't really need those on a hunt, but when I try to record while I'm on the road, definitely need them then. So I have all that equipment there. I've got a little water pump. i got a five-gallon tank of water to help me with cooking. got a little toilet. And, uh, I mean, it's all the creature comforts of home. I just throw a little easy up over the back, and I've got a place to sit. It's, man, when I dad is on next time, I'll ask him what he thought of that thing because, man, that was slick. Uh, the hunt in Colorado was the first time I actually got it out to hunt with it and found time to actually set it up. And yeah, can't say enough about it. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that too. So we talked about how I'm going to look. I'm going to see. Hopefully I'm going to be seeing deer. At that point, that's where we get into what I want to talk about today. And that's going to be the stalk. So the stalk is definitely one of the harder parts. But it doesn't always have to be. Really, what it boils down to is know the wind, look around, take your time. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. So when I see an animal bed, I don't just jump up and go. I make a plan first. And I really like using the Onyx hunt system. What I'm going to do as my first thing is get either through the aerial photo. So if he's right on the edge, of some cover or which is generally where they're going to be bedded I can use the aerial photo and I can drop a pin pretty much right where I expect that he's bedded and I can usually be with the use of a compass and the terrain and then my rangefinder I can usually put the pin within 10 yards of him from about a mile mile and a half out once I have that pin figured out using the topo or the mixed map I can really look at okay where can I move where he's not going to be able to see me what's the predominant wind direction I want to know what the prevailing wind direction is but I also want to look at the grass look at the leaves look at everything down range and make sure there's not somewhere where it's swirling or where I'm going to get myself in trouble with the wind remember in all of this wind is the number one thing if there's anything that can ruin your hunt faster well there isn't anything that's going to ruin your hunt faster than getting the wind going the wrong direction if he smells you once it's over there will be no second chance he's gone so make sure you keep track of the wind make sure you plan for the wind if you're starting this before the thermals have shifted take that into account especially if you're in hill country for me this time, I'm really not going to be dealing with a lot of drastic rises. There will be some thermal effect, but not a whole lot. So that being said, I'm still going to keep it in mind, but it's not going to be a primar primary factor. So I'm going to be looking more at the prevailing winds that I'm getting at that location, and as I move closer. I'm going to be watching to see if there's any swirls, anything that's going to cause it to just put it towards the deer. Remember, he's bedded there for a reason. You always got to keep that in your back of your mind. 
when a deer beds in a specific area and you're going after them and you're going to try to stalk into them, remember they bedded there on purpose. It may not have been like a conscious thought, but they bedded there in the past with this wind direction and it has caught predators. They know what they're doing, or at least they have come to a realization of where they're safe and where they're not. So keep that in mind as you try to come in on them. The other thing you always want to do is check for extra sets of eyes. Generally speaking, the bucks are not alone this time of year. So if I put a buck to bed, the first thing I want to do is I want to figure out where is my shooting location. Now this is where it's going to get a little different between the bow and the rifle. For me, with the round I'm using, I'm good to about 300 yards on these animals. Okay, that's where I'm going to carry enough kinetic energy with the non-lead bullet that I have to shoot here in California that it's going to have enough knockdown power to actually put the animal down. So I'm happy with a 300-yard shot and in. The accuracy of the rifle is not the question. It's just the bullet in question, and 300 yards is my max range for this hunt based on my equipment. So I know I have to get close. Not real close, not archery close, but I can't be shooting from a quarter mile or 500 yards this time. That being said, I'd prefer to shoot under 200 or even 100 yards away. I really don't want to have to make a long shot. I'd just much prefer an easy shot. A lot of that's going to be determined by the wind and everything else. I want to take my first good ethical shot within that 300 yard range. If I can get up on top, get prone at 250 and find a nice little knoll that I can actually shoot out of real easily, that'll be the spot. If I have to get to 100 yards to find a dead tree to use as a rest, that'll be the spot. But it's really going to be looking around and finding a shooting location that's going to keep the wind in my favor and that I think I can get to. Once I find that shooting location, I'm going to scan everything within 100 yards of that. Real, real, real good. And the reason for that is I don't want another set of eyes. Like I said, the bucks usually aren't alone. It's not the buck picking me off that's going to be what's concerning me at this point. What's concerning me is all his does that are around there. If one of them picks me off, he's still gone. So I've got to make sure I know there's no does in or around my shooting location. And then I'm going to plan my stalk from there stepping back. The same thing. I'm going to look at this with the glass. I want to make sure, like I said, the whole way I'm clear. Now, that doesn't mean that something might not jump in there when I'm not around or when I'm on the move. But I'd much rather take a good look, plan on it being clear, and then take my time as I move in or know that I cleared it at one point shouldn't say plan on it. I'm going to plan on there still being something in there that could bust me. But I'm going to have a plan that took into account they would be there. And I'm going to have looked at it at least to make sure that I gave myself the best chance. So some of the things, like I said, this is with a rifle. So that is a pretty straightforward plan. Keep the wind in your favor. Use the topographical map 
remember when you're shielded when there's no wind and there's no way they can see you and they can't really hear you because you're half mile out you can move relatively quickly through these areas you don't have to worry about everything all the time so take that into account as well maybe you're trying to make a two mile stalk been there done that it's not as bad as it sounds because a lot of time that first mile you're covering that in 15 20 minutes because you don't have to worry so much about the noise and everything like that make sure the wind is in your favor and move out and as long as you're doing that staying low once they bed they tend to stay in the same general area they're pretty much down so you have time on your side don't rush it when you get to your shooting location if you don't see them get the glass out again really really scan because they probably didn't move or if they moved, they moved just a little bit but your point of view is different so all you have to do is relocate them use your glass to do that that's why you have it with you just make sure you're glassing the area and find them like I said this is a rifle hunt so I'm really not planning to get within 100 yards I really don't want to have to make a stock into 50 yards if I do that's when I start relying more on my archery tactics so one of the things I like to do with my archery stocking is I take an old set of wool socks well really it's not even that old it's the same pair of wool socks I wear but I have one that's designed just for stocking and then I got there these little um, what do you even call them they're like yoga footies or pool footies they've got a little rubber sole but it's really thin and you can get them for like 10 bucks on Amazon but they're just little like slippers and I like that because it keeps most of the thorns off my foot and it keeps most everything from getting in there. So I put those on and then I roll the socks on inside out. So the fuzzy sides out. And I'm not going to lie, it makes you way quiet. It, you just take your boots off. That way you keep your, your boots and your socks that you're wearing in your boots clean so you don't end up with a whole bunch of stickers and briars and everything else that you step on in your in your boots and you put these on instead and you can walk through the woods especially if there's any little bit of moisture man you walk through there you're dead silent it's almost impossible to see so I call them my stocking shoes and I usually put those on I mean they're actually pretty comfortable I've walked as far as a mile, mile and a half in those things. So they're not that bad. Um, so when I drop my pack, that's usually where I drop my boots. That's basically where I make my entire gear cache. And that's probably going to be about a quarter mile out, between a half mile and a quarter mile if there's a good area that's real easy to find again. Um, that's where I'm going to drop this stuff. You can do it closer. Again, you're doing this in an area where you can make a little bit of noise. You can get, you know, your last little sips of water. You don't want to be too far away because you're obviously dropping your pack. You're dropping your gear and you're moving in. In my case, I like to go real light for the kill, especially when it's with a bow. Um, with the rifle, 
I mean, I'm going to be far enough out. So I'm still going to have a few things with me, but I still do like the idea of dropping your gear and moving in a little quieter, a little more streamlined, and making it a lot easier for you to get that final few yards to get that shot. Just make sure you mark that on your GPS because you don't want to get turned around and not be able to find your gear to get back out. And that about covers it. After that, remember just to keep the wind in your favor. That is the number one thing. Follow your plan. Make sure you're using your glass ahead of you. If something does stand up and it's like, oh man, a doe busted me. Hold still. I mean, it probably won't end well. She may just lay back down and let you back out and rethink your plan. Or she may take everything with her. But your best odds is just to freeze. Don't move. Don't don't try anything. And really freeze and let it go for a good 5-10 minutes. Even after she beds down, she's probably still looking that direction and trying to see what's going on. Seeing if you'll make a move. So give her time to settle back in before you try anything. Your best bet after that is going to be to back out and rethink your plan. Maybe you have to circle downwind a little further to get into a different shooting's location. You still know where the buck is bedded. So time is on your side, generally speaking. And with that, I just want to say, think about what your plan is ahead of time. As you can tell, I kind of have a game plan going in. I know how I'm going to approach these deer. I know what I'm looking for, and I know what I'm going to be doing to get the shooting locations that I want. So think about those things before you go. You always want to think about your hunt ahead of time, and then hunt your plan. So I'm sure you've heard it all before, but plan your hunt and hunt your plan. And that's what I'm going to be trying to do. And above all, remember the win. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond Hunter Ed Podcast. And as always, if you have questions, please email us at questions at beyondhuntered.com. Or you can find us on the web at www.beyondhuntered.com. Thank you.